everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where I am so happy that it's Lagba Omer, and think that every man who has grown his fear beard should go home right now and shave. Hint, hint. I am pointing to the gentleman sitting around me as we speak. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Mary Mel Wallach, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network and completely opposed to facial hair. You can find me here right after Allison, right before Nachum's live lunch. Nachum will be on the air in about a half an hour and uh, a little segment that I'm going to do, unbeknownst to Avrami and to Danny, with them, I will then continue at 11 o'clock with Nachum. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, Boker Tov to Avrami, Boker Tov to Daniel. Oh, sorry, why did I just call you that? Danny, I have no idea why I just called you Daniel. That was weird. But that's okay, because in two weeks, I won't be calling you at all. Yes, Danny, by the way, you can hear Danny laughing. I just want to give Danny a shout-out, because Danny is moving to the West Coast. He is leaving us here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I do want to take this opportunity to thank Danny for all of his hard work and for allowing him to be tortured by me and Nachum for as long as he has. This has really been great. If it wasn't for the fact that Danny was getting married... And moving to the West Coast, he would be staying here in New York for further torture. But instead, right, because hey, this is fun (laughs) (laughs) for one of us. But no, seriously, Danny, I just want to thank you very much. And um, we do wish you and Dahlia all the best. And we hope you'll stay in touch and open up our Los Angeles office when the time comes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Looking forward. Exactly. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nahum Siegel Net. That's all one word. Miriam L. Wallach. All one word as well. And if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, you know I spent a couple of days in Disney World this week. A little very, very needed, desperately needed R&R. And one of the things I like to do most is to bring back what I like to consider the perfect gifts for the right people. So we're going to play a little game, um, which I will enjoy completely. You guys will have a good time. Avrami's already shaking his head like, oh, no, oh, what did she bring the, back? The last time we had good a morning, game with, Avram. Good morning. The last time we had a game with guessing things, you got very upset. That's true, <laughs> because you guys didn't guess the right. Well, the one answer was coffee. What food would I like to get free all the time? Coffee. How hard is that? I'm a cheap date. It costs 69 cents. You guys got it wrong. Sushi. What else did you guys get? Fancy cheeses. Right, fancy cheeses, girl. You do like cheese. I've seen you eat it here. Listen to me. Girl wants a cup of coffee. All right, let's begin. First with Danny. We should. Oh, Danny, we, we should video this. All right, but we don't have so much time, and my guest is going to be calling in any second. Okay, Danny, this is necessary for every household. <laughs> <laughs> okay, classy, Mary. I didn't take off the, the uh, price, so don't look at the price right now. Here, we're going to just cross that out. La, 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 la. All right, whatever. Danny, it's a Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse salt and pepper shaker, um, bride and groom. So um, Very nice. This is necessary in every household. I was going to go get you bride, <laughs> Mickey, and bride, Minnie ears. <laughs> but I figured but this, is this is much better. And also, I didn't want you to have to pack the ears, and I couldn't get them personalized in time, so I figured, you know, not not good for that. Okay, Avrami, Thank you. you're welcome. This one's for you. It makes a noise. Don't worry, it doesn't have to be fed. Okay, okay. take that. <laughs> I decided not to bring back anything that needed to be fed. This this gift is for Nachums. So we'll put that aside. Okay. This is very dramatic. You know, come on, we have a 30-minute show these days, buddy. Do you know what that is? Is it about shaping in bread? It's about putting the Mickey <laughs> face in your bread. <laughs> it's a stamp. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. We're going to have a lot of Mickey oh, toast no. in my house. <laughs> right, 
right, so I figured even when there's no toaster here, you know, at six o'clock in the morning, you with your silly rye bread. Hold just, on one second. Oh my god, oh my god, putting it to use right now. What's the best part of the gift of Rummy? It doesn't have to be titled. That's right. <laughs> it's plastic. Steven's like, we have one of these already. I'm like, no, 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 it's not for us. Okay, here we go. Press it down. Is it there? Voila! See? Now that's a happy sandwich. Mickey Mouse peanut butter Please. sandwich. Oh, my God. Come on. Hello, I don't get props. Uh, this is Thank great. you very yeah, much. It's good. awesome. I did good. Okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. There's two more things. Where's, actually, there's one more for each of you, just because I think that these are funny. These are Mickey soaps. I know. They're so cool, right? <laughs> Danny, <laughs> I will actually use soap. Oh, no. <laughs> and if you open it, they smell amazing. No, don't smell the plastic. See, that's why they're I said, sliced <laughs> to order. Yes, they make these huge bricks of soap that they have different things floating in them and whatever. And you have to, and you slice them, and that's what comes out. Wow, I, I know. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I know. Isn't that Thank cool? Thank you very much. There you go. Okay, now should I show you what I got? One of the things I got in Ahlum, because we know he's not listening, so it's fine. Okay, so I got him. That's soap. I got him goldfish in soap because that's a West Wing joke, which you don't get, either one of you. What do you I get it. Though. It's Gale. It's Gale, CJ's goldfish. Yeah, I get the goldfish okay. joke, the crackers, the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So I got Nahum a goldfish soap, um, which I will post a picture of on Facebook. And <laughs> let's make fun of Nahum while he's not here. And I got him a grumpy <laughs> golf towel because I know it's awesome. Because even though he doesn't golf, I'm sure he can put this on his gym bag and be angry with me every single time he goes to the gym. How great is that? That is great. Awesome. Amazing. All right. So I did a good job? Yeah. Right? Yay me. I should send you to Disney World tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so good time had by all. And I just, those gifts, by the way, are not only because, well, I have a good time doing this, but also because um, I want to thank you for watching the store and for keeping track of things while I was gone and trying not to involve me in too many things, which I appreciate. I, I was totally fine when you had to, 100%, but I do appreciate you holding down the fort so that I could spend a couple of days, you know, clearing my mind. And uh, it was very much appreciated. So thanks again. Wow. Our pleasure. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Our pleasure, only because I bring you back good <laughs> gifts. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I am joined by my guest. Besides being Lagba Omer, it is National Children's Mental Health Awareness Day, which actually makes this interview even more timely. The Young Israel of Woodmere will be hosting an event this Motzei Shabbat entitled Addressing the Challenges of Child Sexual Abuse in the Jewish Community. One of the keynote speakers, Dr. Michael Solomon, psychologist, author, and returning guest here at That's Life, joins us this morning. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. How are you, Mary? I am well, sir. Thank you. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Good. Excellent. Thank you for joining me this morning. And uh, while the beginning of this show had a very lighthearted uh, feel to it, I do want to make sure that we are addressing this topic with the seriousness um, and responsibility that, that it deserves. Rabbi Billet actually last week in, Sha- uh, in Shul on Shabbos noted um, when promoting this upcoming event that, again, takes place this Motzei Shabbat, May 9th at 9.45 at the Youngest Roll of Woodmere, 859 Peninsula Boulevard. Um, he mentioned, uh, his comment was, we as a Jewish community, we've grown up a lot in the last number of years. And in terms of that, I felt he was referring to how we as a community have started to um, to come to realization about the extent of child abuse in the community and how we have begun to deal with it, and now how we are able to have an open forum like the t- one taking place this Motzei Shabbat. 
and it's an amazing thing. Um, we've come a long way in certain communities, and, and we're finally beginning to deal with the reality of it. Uh, unfortunately, I've been seeing this in my practice for a lot of years, and, and it's been hushed. And, and whenever I've tried to talk about it um, in, in a more public forum, I've been told that I'm ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, and I actually, you know, I, I did a book on abuse, and when that book was published just a couple of years ago, I got death threats for wow. suggesting that there might be a problem of abuse in the Jewish community. So is it a relief that we are finally discussing it, or did you say to yourself at one point, I know we're going to come to this point? I always hoped that we would come to this point. I mean, if you know me, if anybody knows me, they know I'm pretty determined to, <laughs> to try and get things done. Um, and I don't give up very easily. So uh, I wrote the book because I felt there was an, an absolute need to confront the issue, and I uh, have been trying to speak more publicly about it and write more about it since then. And I was hoping that we would do things. And, and, and in fact, there have been some organizations that have developed over the last few years to address these issues. And I'm pleased to say that the organization that's involved with the uh, Young Israel's program, this Otsai Shabbos, uh, it's called Mealy is a very professional organization run by very dedicated, well-educated people who some of them have themselves been abused in childhood, and, and they know what has to be done, and they're committed to making things better for our children. Tell me, besides you, who is going to be on the panel this Motzei Shabbat? I know that um, and, um, Avi Lauer um, will be moderating the event, but tell me who else besides you people can expect to hear. Well, Rabbi Axelrod and Rabbi Billet will both be speaking uh, Rabbi Billet will be speaking about uh, halachic perspectives um, in terms of reporting and so forth. Um, a fellow by the name of uh, David Chaifetz, um, is, uh who is the director of the Mealy organization, he was a victim in childhood and is now an advocate, uh, is going to be speaking. And uh, Rena Gopin-Wolf is going to be speaking about um, how she was abused as a child. And, you know, one of the most important things about these events is that it is not only cathartic for the person who was abused uh, to be able to share their events publicly, but for others to hear about it so that they can learn and protect themselves and their children. And it, it takes a lot of courage and effort for someone who's abused to come forward and talk about it, um, but it takes more effort on the part of a community to accept that it has happened in our community hmm. and we need to do something to protect our children going forward. That's one of the reasons I'm actually incredibly proud that our shul, as I am a member of the Young Israel Woodmere, that our shul is is hosting this event, which I imagine is a community-wide event. Events like these in the five towns are usually supported um, by a, a conglomerate of shuls in the neighborhood. But, but nevertheless, I am extraordinarily proud that we are um, allowing the shul and we have, are hosting this event because, um, I mean, for all the obvious reasons, but but also it has to um, it, it has to speak to the fact that we as a community have to deal with it. It's not enough for families um, to to help their children. It's not enough for schools to help their children, but it has to stem from the shul as well. Yes, absolutely. And, and events, negative events take place in shuls also, and we would be foolish to pretend that they don't. Um, and by the way, I, I've gotten calls from people from as far away as Lakewood who are upset that we're doing on a, it on a Saturday night because they <laughs> want to be able to attend. Right. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have anything to do with time <laughs> in the planning. But, you know, there are people who realize the importance of this event and, and why it's important that it take place in a shul and not just a school and not just an, 
that we have children educated about it at home and properly educated. I think one of the, the goals of this particular event is for us to kind of point out the flaws in our thinking and how we erroneously protect our children when we think we're protecting them and we're not. Um, you know, I, I, it's important for us. It, th these things take place. Right. Um, you know, statistically, one in four children, uh, actually one in four women in the United States and one in six men in the United States are abused sexually. Mm -hmm. so that's a staggering number. Uh, and that's not unique to any one community. That's, that number is the number that the Center for Disease Controls reports and the National Institutes of Mental Health reports and the Department of Justice reports. Um, those are real numbers. And if we pretend that they are not real, then we're just, you know, we're allowing it to happen. Can I, can I ask a question, which um, if it gets a little graphic for our listeners, I apologize. Um, but, some, but two terms that are, that are often used, I think, interchangeably, and I just was hoping to get some clarification. What's the difference between molestation and abuse? Um, that's part of the problem, and I will be addressing that. We don't okay. have good terms for any of this. We still don't. The topic is just so taboo that we mix terminology uh, and, and if we don't have proper classification, sometimes we don't understand what we're dealing with. I mean, one of the bigger problems, uh, molestation is, is an issue um, in terms of using the word. And people say, oh, well, she was only molested. He only touched her. Uh. Um, that's part of the issue. The bigger part of the issue is I think we're totally relabeling it the wrong way when we talk that way. Because, for example, people mess up the word pedophile with predator. Uh, pedophile is a, a technical psychological term for people, adults who are attracted to children. It doesn't mean that they actually engage in sex with them. Mm. When we talk about predators, then we're talking about people who are going to abuse children. And, and that's an important classification distinction because people who are pedophiles may have a problem, but that's not necessarily going to act on it. Are, are there, is there... Um... Now, now that I understand also a different dynamic, a different element of the, of the speech of the program, sorry, Matzei Shabbos, is there a, a minimum age that you think that um, attendees should, should be of? Should... This isn't for everybody, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, you're, you're, not bringing your, you're not necessarily bringing your teenager. Well, you know, I'm not so sure about that. Okay. Um, I think it's important for children to know, and it depends on, on how well children are educated about the reality of life um, and how honest they, the families are with them. Uh, you know, I'm also going to be speaking a little bit about the family narrative and how a family narrative protects children when done properly. So families that approach things in an open and honest way and say, you know, life is full of traumas, we have to find ways of dealing with them, those types of families would benefit from having their children there. Hmm. Families who sweep things under the carpet, well, they're going to have a hard time dealing with it. But is this, is this Matze Chavez, the, the first step in that? Meaning, is it important for parents to come Saturday night and hear everything and then for the shul or the community to have a follow-up event that is targeted towards families? I think that's a great idea. And I think that local schools have been running programs I know going back to the, the uh, mid-1980s, I and, and Dr. Mark Cyclic had run a program at one of the local yeshivas for, for several years on, on taking care of yourself and avoiding drugs and uh, proper touch and things of that nature. 
Um, and that started in third grade and went from third grade to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Every year we would present the program for a good number of years, and it's actually continuing now. Um, but I see situations where parents don't use the proper terms for genitalia, and, and children get into trouble because of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to discuss that a little bit also in my presentation. So, yeah, parents need to be there, um, and there should be a follow-up for younger children. But if we're talking about teenagers who are mature and, and have experience in the world and are somewhat worldly, I don't think there's anything wrong with them coming to this event. Hmm. Very interesting. The event that we're discussing is this Mosei Shabbos, May 9th at 9.45, entitled Addressing the Challenges of Child Sexual Abuse in the Jewish Community. We are speaking with Dr. Michael Solomon, who will be featured at the event. Again, the event is at 9.45. It will include a broad range of speakers, mental health and legal experts, rabbis, victims of childhood sexual abuse will be joining the panel as well. Dr. Solomon, what, do, what can we hope for the next morning? What do you, as, as a mental health professional, hope, from, hope for Sunday morning, both from people who are in the audience, who are listening, maybe, maybe victims of, of childhood sexual abuse who haven't stepped up, stepped, who haven't been able to step forward or, or make that stand, or from the community as a whole? That's an interesting question. Um, I think things have already ha- been happening. Um, when, when the announcements first went out, I started getting some phone calls in my office about it. Um, and I think that we're raising awareness. There are, like I said, there are a variety of groups out there who are running programs and they're trying to raise awareness. The more we raise awareness, the more we can deal with, with predators in the community. And, you know, if you, if you have read one of the local papers in the five towns, there was a... Uh, announcement about a possible abuser being in the community or yeah. something along those lines. Um, I, that's not the way to do it, frankly. Hmm. If somebody is abusing, then we need to know who that person is and whoever has been abused by that person needs to make an official report to the police. Instead, what we're doing is we're kind of saying, watch out for, but who are we told to watch out for? We don't have a name. We don't have a way of dealing with it. We're kind of not dealing with it when we do that type of thing. I originally so, saw, I, I, actually, not to interrupt, but I originally saw that announcement on Facebook. Uh, and I felt that even though I am sure that the person's intent, who, whose Facebook page that I had noticed it on, had excellent intent, I thought that it was so irresponsible the way it was handled and actually just... Um, you know, perpetuated Facebook and the internet as the being the Wild West. Like, you, this is not the way to handle it. Not that we're saying that, that accusations or charges weren't valid or that there isn't some merit or to what's going on and therefore there should be serious fear and investigation and, and action on behalf of the community. But posting it on Facebook? Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I see people who've been abused good part of my practice is people who've been abused. good part of any therapist's practice of people who've been abused. Mm-hmm. If they give me the name of the person who abused them, and, and it's within a certain um, paradigm, meaning that it's within the statute of limitations, right, right. And, and, and they're still underage and so forth, I am obligated to report it. Mm-hmm. And I will, and I've done that. Wow. But there are plenty of people who won't. And this kind of perpetuating of not reporting or telling people to watch out for someone but not telling who that person is and not reporting it to people who can truly investigate it and know how to do it, the investigation, and know how to follow through and and file charges against the predators. If we don't do that the right way, then we're actually 
we're party to to the the abuse that they 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 do to others. So I, I look. I, I think the person who wrote the article is very well intentioned. Unfortunately, it's it's kind of a silly way of of doing this. Right. Is the um is the response of the Jewish community to to sexual abuse behind that of other communities, or are we on par with other? Um, you know, semi-insulated or completely insular communities. I mean, do you look at look at our the nature of our community versus other communities across the country, um, and say, "Wow, we really do not have it together," or they are just as struggling with this as we are? Um, I think we're a little bit behind. I mean, this all started in the Catholic Church with with priests right. who are abusing. Um, they have a different way of approaching things. They tried to do everything within for a good number of years, and they would send priests to, to convents and, and away from others, and that's how they tried to deal with it. They never really tried to protect people directly and, and until it became public. Um, we are about five to ten years behind them, mm-hmm. and it's not fair for us to say as a general rule the Jewish community, because there are sub-sectors sub of the Jewish community that have been dealing with this more openly many years. Um, so, you know, as a general rule, I, I say that, okay, we're a few years behind the church, but, you know, there are components, people within the community who are much more willing to deal with it openly and have dealt with it openly. Um, unfortunately, I, because I take a stand and because I'm the one who's always reporting predators more than in some of my colleagues, uh, I get those, I get to deal with those people who are in, in Certain elements of the Jewish community who don't want to deal with it, mm. you know, they want to keep it. They want to keep it internal. They want to sweep it under the rug. For them, it's enough to if there's a teacher abusing, enough to fire them from the school and let them go wherever they go. <laughs> and that's what happens all the time. So we've seen cases where someone teaching in, in New York is known to be abusing a child or two or five, and they fire him, and he ends up going to Canada or yeah. to South America or right. to Israel or to New Jersey. And nobody's done an investigation. Nobody's filed charges. That's the other part of this. Parents, whose children who are abused, need to allow their children to speak to the police. Mm, right. Is there is there hope for abusers? Can they be rehabilitated? I mean, I'm not. Trust me when I let me just make it clear. Obviously, the uh, the 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 child, the person who has been abused, is is my my hope is that they are obviously getting training, getting getting the help that they need. Um, to to come to grips with what happened and to become a full person again and to you know to be able to live a fruitful and, and healthy and, and happy life. But when we are looking at people who are the abusers who who have significant problems, is there a chance for them to be able to come back into society to be trusted again? I have to give you a very qualified answer. Okay. Uh, the answer that I'm going to give you is that there is no known treatment. Wow that everybody agrees to that would work. There are treatments for victims that are pretty much agreed to. There are protocols and interventions that are agreed to for victims. There are no known agreed-upon interventions. Having said that, there are some people who believe that certain medications help reduce the drive for uh, acting out impulsively and sexually, and people who've been known to be predators can be treated with those medications and uh, certain types of therapy, and constant supervision. Um, I just don't know that it works. Wow. 
Wow, that is um, that is additionally terrifying. Are there are there um, are there symptoms? Are there things that people can look at? Can can you know in a in a job interview with a prospective employer? Um, is there something that a that somebody during an interview that an employer can look at a resume or 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 something and and investigate? I mean, is that is that appropriate? Is that is that the way it's done? It should be. Um, you know. But the thing is, if a person wasn't reported as a predator and hasn't been charged, um, then they're not on a, a, a registry. There's no way to know that they are uh, predators. One of the things that they're good at is concealing hmm. concealing their problems. The, um, the event this Saturday night gives me so much to think about, Doc. I mean, not that our conversations don't ever, but this one really weighs very heavily on me, both as a parent and as an adult. And as a member of the community, it's just, you know, every one of us has a responsibility to keep our communities safe, keep our kids safe. And, um, and it's opportunities like this taking place at the Young Israel Woodmere this Mosei Shabbat at 945 that we are able to really step into that moment and say, I am an active member of the community and I want to help. Let me hear how to do that. You're absolutely on, uh, correct, on target, and, and the more people the show, the, that show to this event, the more likely we are to be able to control this terrible, terrible, horrific thing that goes on in all communities. In all communities is right. Dr. Michael Solomon, I promise you that the next time you come on, we're going to talk about something silly and fun. <laughs> it would I, be my pleasure <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I promise. Again, the event is this Monday, Shabbos, May 9th at 9.45. The Youngest Girl Woodmere is located at 859 Peninsula Boulevard. The topic is addressing the challenges of child sexual abuse in the Jewish community. Again, a full panel of mental health and legal exper- experts, rabbis, victims of childhood sexual abuse, will all be there. It cannot be ignored, ladies and gentlemen. It cannot be ignored. I truly hope many of you, if not all of you, will be able to attend. Dr. Solomon, thank you, as always, for joining me. My pleasure, Miriam. You're always li- my pleasure. Thank you, sir. You've been listening to that live here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam Elwag. Thank you for making us part of your day. Let's go through the lineup, what to expect, and what not to miss. In just a few minutes, the live lunch will begin, hosted by Nachum. And as I told you, I have a gift for Nachum from Disney. So I want you to stay tuned because we're going to have a little fun with him the same way we had fun with the guys at the beginning of this show. Also today at 1 p.m., Sammy Schechter hosts the Stun Show. Throwback Thursday is at 2 p.m. If you hear the music coming up in the background... Yeah, you hear that? You know what that is. That's Ohad's Malchutcha. I'll explain in a moment why we are playing that today here on Lagba Omer. Brand new spin class with Michael Fragan at 6 p.m. tomorrow morning. Nachum hosts Jay in the AM from 6 to 9, 91.1, 90.1. Don't miss the weekly up- update with Malcolm, Ho- Malcolm Holmline at 7.40 a.m. We will present a supersized table for two tomorrow morning from 9 a.m. to 10.30, live from Gourmet Glad, a whole 90 minutes of Naomi Nachman with Shavuos features, including fish and wine um, components and lots of other goodies. I'm sure there'll be cheese on premises. Don't miss it. Make sure to watch it on our homepage as well at NachumSiegel.com. Avrami will host Saturday Night Siegel at 9, well, we're still at 9 p.m., right? 9 p.m. this Monday Shabbos until Shabbos is out later than that. We're sticking with 9, 10 p.m., Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson hosts Eternal Flame at 11 p.m. It's David Lichtenstein with headlines Sunday morning. J.M. Sunday with Matis from 7 to 9. Don't miss it. And so, why are we listening to Ohad? Because this song was going round and round in my head for about four miles during the Long Island Half Marathon on Sunday. Don't ask, people. Just enjoy the music. That's life, everybody.
ביי גייז. Oh!